0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Hi, I'm Rob, Rob Black, dedicated to getting you to retirement. Probably the the calmest, most hopeful voice. Max out your 401k, get it done. I looked at, you know paychecks at the start of the year, make sure that that 401k deduction is happening and some sort of clerical paperwork didn't occur that's nightmarish and you're suddenly not contributing. I like looking back and, and trying to learn, right? Biggest mistake I ever made was not starting earlier. So Southwest Airlines is a company that I like to look back on because I kind of fell into the Warren Buffett mindset that airlines just weren't investable, that in the end, they would slash fares to get people to get butts in seat. To you know, Airlines, to me, feel like buses in the sky. They make more money, the more butts are in the seat, right? And then they started nickel and diming us. Oh, that was a day and age, right? Um, with how many, you know, your bags. I will fly Southwest first and foremost. If I ever have a choice and it's close. A, because... I like that they don't charge. They don't seem to be nickel and diamond you. Their fares are their fares, and they've made money for twenty five straight years. Their CEO and founder, former CEO, excuse me, passed away. Herb Kelleher, or as I like to say, Herb, the low fare carrier, has issued an unusual internal memo. The memo is part of a way to celebrate their Southwest uniforms. They're trying to honor Arab Kelleher. Um, going back with some maybe some hot pants, if you look back to the 1970s when Southwest was just getting its feet on the ground, the stewardesses wore hot pants and miniskirts and they had these big old white belts. Wow, 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 wow. I know you're saying, that's kind of interesting. Southwest management, to me, has always, you know... Uh, I, I, I feel they're 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 solid. To stay profitable in the year of terrorism, two thousand one, nine eleven, right? It tells you something. So flight attendants have been asked to honor Herb Kalher. So that's interesting, right? Um I don't know. I to me that's intru- that's fun to look at. Uh, Southwest Airlines ticker symbol love, ticker symbol L U V. Take a look at the last 25 years of the stock, and it's all about earnings. If that's not one thing that you don't take from this today, then you should. It's all about earnings. I talked earlier about Novartis and how this is a company that's a great international company. They've got 26 drugs currently in the pipeline. As a world, we're all getting older. As a world, we're consuming more pharmaceuticals. That's a pretty good trend. So I don't quite have the, the cure for cancer. I don't quite have the cure for hair baldness. I don't quite have the cure for leukemia. But I can give you some pharmaceuticals to get you halfway there. That's a good business because we're all getting older and we're all getting more diseased. I know you're saying, man, you're, you got me all depressed, Black. I know. So I grew up in a military family. And military families, you for some reason, you'd always call people by their last name. So I was known as Black. Hey, Black, get on the field. Hey, Black, do this. It's like, okay. Black. I know you're saying that's too much information. Black. Thank you. I don't know. I should. I think I should give up on Will Ferrell's drops because Sherlock Holmes, that movie was awful, and I don't want to be associated with that. But Anchorman was an awesome movie, and I did watch Anchorman again over the holidays. It's kind of an annual tradition for me.
0: I'm very important.
1: So the last 20 years for Stocks, have been filled with peaks and valleys as an investor you should know that the last 20 years has had some tough times stocks had their worst first two days of the year since 2000 and a lot of people put a lot of stock in that but a higher than expected December payrolls pushed the market up almost three and a half percent on Friday that's a huge gain so will the wheels fall off or will the wheels stay on it's a good question good question on investing right now, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Walmart and other winners when Sears liquidates. Walmart, Amazon, who else? Sears is nearly a likely liquidation after chairman Eddie Lampert's 4.4 billion dollar bid to salvage the company was rejected. That means companies like Walmart and Home Depot, maybe Lowe's on some level. Maybe Amazon, I don't know know if Amazon's going to gain anything from Sears going down. I would imagine they've already poached all the Sears customers that they could, but that's what you think about in in investing. Like if you were in the Wild Wild West and someone got shot right next to you, you would probably grab his gun and didn't use it, right? Same thing when Sears gets shot and they're down, you're going to see companies step in and say, we can fill that hole. Home Depot, Sears generated $5.7 billion in the last 12 months off hardline. Soft is like uh, apparel. Hardlines are like washing machines, appliances, furniture, hardware. So Sears $5.7 billion is going to go away. Where will that money go to? Do you see how the vultures like to circle on Wall Street? Sears isn't even cold yet. And we're already starting to divvy up their $5.7 billion. So, And then you also get Target. You get Kmart, which had $5.6 billion in sales last year. And companies like Kmart, probably Walmart and Target are the big winners, right? When Kmart goes down. And this, this would be a good moment just to remind you that Rain Man said, Kmart sucks. Kmart definitely sucks. Definitely sucks. Um, and it was that experience of going into Kmart's and, and Walmart's and Walmart's better than Kmart. You'd go into a Kmart and it would be like, man, you buy a, like a pack of gum and you are like, it's three years old, it's stale. Or you go to the toy section and you are like, uh, nothing makes sense. Just nothing makes sense. There is Star Wars toys scattered about the store. <laughs> you are like, why can't they all be in one location? So bad companies fail. Remember that. There's a restaurant in my hometown called Town where the owner gives unbelievable service. And when things are bad, it's unbelievable service. And when things are good, it's unbelievable service. And that restaurant's thriving. A lot of restaurants fail. A lot of restaurants fail. But you can walk in and instantly tell who's going to be a winner and who's going to be a loser. At least I, th- I, I feel that way, right? It doesn't always work out like that. But um, Same thing with companies. Is it a company you're proud of? PG&E is falling again today. Basically, it's a $10 billion company that's got $30 billion of liabilities. And our Congress, uh, our representatives in California, will they sell us out or won't they? Will they bail out PG&E with tax money? Down 22% on Monday, down 7 or 8% today. The Standard Poor's has cut their ratings on the company to junk the utility is—it's it, not feeling safe, and we're going to see higher rates. Do you think we're going to see lower rates with a PG&E bankruptcy? Oh, we'll keep the lights on, but we're, we have to charge you more money because we're massively inefficient. Wow, wow, a wowza, wowza! Hey, big event coming up on the twenty fourth of January, right around the corner. Sign up. It's a Thursday evening, six thirty to eight thirty. Sign up at Rob Black's show. It's in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Great parking. Great location. Uh, Lots of information. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Use code RADIO25.
0: Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area
1: Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I hate Mickey Mouse. I hate Sarah Jessica Parker because she tells women to go out and buy $400 pairs of shoes. (laughs) No Loblox. There's a lot of things in the world I hate. A lot of things in the world I hate. But I hate Mickey Mouse. And it's tough to to go to work with that kind of mentality. I'll be honest with you. I've never been to Disneyland, Disney World. I've seen Disney films and Pixar films. I know nothing about the happiest place on Earth. I know that the parking lot is the saddest place on Earth at 7 o'clock every day when kids crash after having sugar all day and running around the park getting sunburned and 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 not ultimately having a fulfilling experience. I know you're saying, What's wrong with you, Black? Why do you hate Disneyland? What did they ever do to you? I knew a girl who got engaged to Disneyland. I'm like, That marriage is never going to work. You want to quit right now. And guess what? She did. She did. I was like, Whoa, my words are powerful. But Disney's run like. Disneyland is run like Scrooge McDuck. And it's too much for me. You know, I. They just raised prices. This is the whole catalyst of it. By as much as 18% per ticket. That's insane. And that's why I want to own the stock. Because you're dumb enough to go. You take your two kids, your two Oompa Loompa children. They're fat. You have a minivan because they can't fit into normal-sized cars. $104 for the, the single cheapest ticket? Tickets as much as $149 for the most popular dates. That's up from 135 That's big jump. So it's more expensive than ever and I'll be honest with you from what I've heard you got to go for two or three days. So $400 for a family of four just in tickets. And let's let's throw in the taxes and call it 500. Cuz you're not going to get the cheapest ticket. So $500 a day, 3 days, that's 1500 bucks. You're like, "Whoa!" And then the hotel room. So let's just throw that up to almost 2000, right? It's pretty insane and people do it. And then, they, 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 of course, you got to get Mickey Mouse ears. I hate you, Mickey Mouse. And you have to get ice cream cones, because what's a day at Disney? Is it complete without ice cream? No. Now, it, it's an amazing experience. I get it. I get it. The higher price hikes are offensive, because we feel compelled to take our children to Disneyland, because they're kids, and you want the best magical experience ever for a kid. But my producer, Mike, was like, you know, you can watch all the rides now on YouTube. I'm like, wow, you have a slightly effeminate voice. But you can watch all the rides on YouTube? You mean I can go out and buy cheap Mickey Mouse ears on Amazon, give to my kid, get a big old computer fired up and, and have the experience of the rides, the Pirates of the Caribbean, without actually shelling out $1,500 for three days? And trust me, if you're doing lunch, breakfast, and dinner at the park, it's going to be way more than that. And I I don't get it. I I look at Disneyland, and it's packed every day, and that's why I want to invest in it, right? It's part of what they do now. What's the worst thing that can happen to Disneyland? Terrorism. Right? Otherwise, people are going to go. And even when there's terrorism, people are going to be like, well, I I can get in for half price right now. Because, you know, like, I'll do it, sure. Well, it's like a sport, pro sports, and I'm not a big pro sports guy. I do like watching hockey because I think it's a great game. Um, I like watching football during the playoffs, for sure. You know, I I can have a beer just like you and eat a cheeseburger. I'm a man's man. I've got a hammer. But who can afford to take their family? And if you're not maxing out your 401k and you're going to the Raiders games and you're going to Disneyland, you're going to work till the day you die. Your kids may or may not have the money to go to college because they will have to take on loans, and then they're going to be saddled with it, and you're not going to be able to pay to afford it because you took them to Disneyland. It's not about making kids happy anymore. That's not Disney's business model. They're in the business of making money. And from a social perspective, it's distasteful and sad. From a business perspective, I want to own part of it. To think that Disney's actually run by Scrooge McDuck, I kind of like it. Hey, where's the CFO today? (laughs) You know he's 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 being Scrooge McDuckie, and that's all I have for you. So when you look at a business model, look at the ability to raise prices. When I tell you that they're going to raise prices, do you think they're going to unveil an elaborate one billion dollar Star Wars themed land called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? It's going to be two attractions on fourteen acres. Now, if you get to ride in a Millennium Falcon experience and shoot down TIE Fighters, are you going to pay $150 a day? Hell yeah, you're going to pay $150 a day. And next year, you're going to say, well, 15 years from now, you're going to have babies. and you're going to say, I'm going to take my baby to Disneyland and show him the Star Wars experience, being a Millennium Falcon, because I drive a Chevette, not a Corvette, a Chevette, because I spent all my money going to Disneyland. I hate Mickey Mouse. I hate, hate, hate Mickey Mouse socially. Hate Sarah Jessica Parker, but Sarah Jessica Parker getting you to buy luxury shoes at four hundred dollars for Manolo Blahniks—you kind of want to. You kind of want to own Louis Vuitton, Moët Hennessy, right? Because you kind of get that luxury is a thing. Apple kept raising their prices because they were copying a company called Burberry. Nothing ever goes on sale. It's tough to get something on sale at Apple, right? So Apple continues to price their stuff like it's luxury until the point that they can't, and people are like, "It's just a phone." I own Apple. I'm mad at Apple. I think they they had a major misstep. Paying $1,200 for a phone and putting it in the hands of a kid at Disneyland, you are one wealthy SOB. You are one wealthy SOB. If you could afford to put a $1,200 computer phone in a kid's hand and go to Disneyland. Now, with that said, it's money. You got to spend it. Can't take it with you, right? But that's why I love Disney as an investment. And they have Misses. Of course they have Misses. Uh, Misses? 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 Mary Poppins. Is that going to be a big hit? No. There's not enough of us waxing back to our childhood thinking Dick Van Dyke. And Jim Chim Jim Tim Jim Chimgeroo. Was that Mary Poppins or was that Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? See, I'm now confused. And thus... There you go. Okay, maybe I do want to see this. It it may be a misstep. Yes, yes. I do want to see it. See how Disney draws you in? No, there's absolutely no chance I want to see it. But I would like to see a... I do want to see how they reinvent supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I do want to see how they do that. And just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. I like that. I'm pro-investing in diabetes. Americans are getting bigger and fatter. We're having kids who are Oompa Loompas who can't get in normal-sized cars, so they have to get big cars. A spoonful of Sugar is all about giving kids diabetes. See how, see, see how evil Disney is? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. They raise prices, and we still go. That's why you invest. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more.
0: Want the podcast with music?
1: Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. There's a lot going on right now. I saw that PG, PG&E Pacific Gas and Electric got downgraded its debt junk. That's not a good thing when a utility something that's considered a safe investment in history is on the brink of bankruptcy scary times for sure speaking of scary times let's bring in Patrick O'Hare briefing.com he could guide us through these markets he's done it for gosh it feels like six seven years now in a row on this show how are you doing Mr. O'Hare
2: hi Rob I'm doing well and happy new year to you and your listeners
1: it's good to be back Um, I did sneak a peek while on vacation at some of your uh, columns, you are working you're you're doing your part uh, staying with the markets. Uh, where are we at the start of the year if you were to you know give us a quick summary
2: um, yeah I think we're, we're probably right about the point that I, I think was reasonable to expect we would be uh, you know December was such an ugly month, and of course you had that really uh, eye-opening sell-off on Christmas Eve, and, you know, the market had moved into a very deeply oversold position, and the bearish narrative had just been um, proliferating far and wide. And so I think conditions were ripe at that point for a, um, you know, for a contrarian rally, if you will. And uh, and I think we would have gotten one anyway, but obviously with the uh, boosts received from the December employment report and certainly from Fed Chair Powell's Seemingly conciliatory remarks with respect to the Fed being patient uh, as it watches market signals more closely—that uh, just catalyzed things. And, and true to this market's nature, you know, it moved in a hurry and uh, came rallying back sharply. Uh, you know, in the last three sessions, really, but you know, since going back to. Um, Below on Christmas Eve, I think you know the S P five hundred is up close to uh, I think nine percent, and so uh, ironically, we probably have moved from an over sold condition to a short term overbought condition, which uh, over the very near term could could lead to a little bit of um, what technicians I think would call backing and filling here, or a period of consolidation as uh, as we kind of cool things off here after this really hot start.
1: I read your um, page one every day, start of the day. It's one of the things I do. Also, I'll turn on CNBC, Bloomberg, New York Times. It seems like there's kind of a a feeling, though, that a lot of people are backing off the the recessionary talk of December and going, it doesn't look that bad. Where do you think or how do you think this year plays out? Are we heading towards a recession too early to tell? Should we worry about it? Should we uh, say, hey, the jobs numbers looks pretty good. We'll spend money. We're probably not heading towards a recession. How do you feel about, like, it seems like there's a conciliatory tone, almost like, come back to the stock market, please. It's not going to be a recession.
2: Yeah, you know, I think the, um, you know, one thing to remember, obviously, with the labor market, it is a lagging indicator. But, uh, you know, and when we get the, um, you know, with the January, um, or I'm sorry, the... uh, uh, the, you know the uh, the January employment report. I mean, you're going to see uh, the effects of the government shutdown show up there. So you could actually have a quite a negative headline number when that comes out. But uh, but having said that, I think what uh, what did. Sh- shine through in the December employment report was you know the nice uptick in, in wage growth right and so it was was a nice uh, probably a good timely reminder that you know the economy is 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 slowing down right you can see that in the auto sales figures you can see it in the home sales figures um, you can see it in the fact that you know weekly initial claims um, you know look to have, have bottom they're start you know trending a little bit higher I mean they're not at a worrisome level by any means but um, but nonetheless I mean, you are seeing some signs out there that suggest that the economy is slowing down. Um, But I think to the question at hand is, you know, it is an overreach to suggest that, you know, we're on a beeline to a recession. I don't think you've got those indicators out there, uh, certainly not in the economic data that are are pointing that way. Now, everyone will call attention, obviously, to the flattening yield curve, uh, which always raises concerns about you know, uh, it, it being a recession indicator when the 10 spread inverts or when the three-month, 10-year spread inverts. Uh, and we're seeing a narrowing spread there. And uh, But the thing to remember, too, though, about uh, inverted yield curves is you know uh, when recessions occur in their wake uh, You know, the average recession hasn't happened until uh, for a period of about 16 months um, in, uh, after the first inversion um, and that's true going back to every recession uh, since 1980 so it's not like an immediate trigger if you get an inversion that you instantly see a contraction in economic activity but it would be construed as a little bit of a worrisome signal that we're on a path toward a potential recession. But all in all, I think you still can, you know, make a case here that the U.S. economy should continue to hold up, you know, in 2019 and should certainly hold up, you know, if we can get some type of trade agreement uh, with China worked out. And uh, and, uh, and you can see confidence um, shored up with the idea that, um, you know, the Fed's not going to be overly aggressive with its interest rates policy.
1: Am I kind of crazy, but there sounds like there's some good news coming, Government shutdown's going to end, we hope, we assume. China and the U.S. are going to c- figure out some sort of trade agreement, we hope, we assume. Oil prices will probably firm up of continue to fall, we hope, we assume. There's a lot of hoping right now, but it, it does seem like some positives could happen to our you know, backdrop for the uh, higher stock market.
2: It's true, Rob, and and I think that that goes back to sort of, you know, what I was alluding to earlier is just how prevalent the bearish narrative got, you know, in the fourth quarter, right? We, uh, we kind of the, the stock market sell-off uh, really became a... Um, uh, you know, a signpost for all of the concerns to be oversold about a slowdown, right? Because you know, the stock markets a forward-looking entity, and when you see stock prices drop as rapidly as they did, you know, it, it understandably evokes some concerns that uh, some really bad news is about to hit, that corroborates the drop in those stock prices. And um, but this market also overreaches at times, uh, moves very quickly, and overreacts in a number of situations. And so, um, so knowing that you have you know a lot of these uh, these items that were held out as distinct negatives toward the end of two thousand and eighteen um, and the fact that you got oversold in the stock market, there's now a a sight line or a or basis to think that you know things could be better than expected if they simply don't get any worse, right? And I think that part of the rally effort this week is is predicated in part on the idea that the trade talks that are taking place in Beijing this week, we haven't really heard anything specific coming out of them. But importantly, we haven't heard anything negative either, and the absence of a negative is construed as a positive that has helped bolster investor sentiment this week. And so, if you actually do get a uh, you know an agreement on structural trade issues uh, by the March one deadline, um, you should see quite a relief rally uh, unfold in in the stock market, and um, uh, and that would be a good thing uh, because it would be a, a stepping stone, I think, to business confidence and, and planning efforts as it relates to capital investment and expansion efforts.
1: As always, I find that there's a world of information at briefing.com. I've been using it for 20-plus years now, which is crazy. Um, what are you working on right now that it, that might be in a future article, a future update that we could get some insight from that is in the mind of Patrick O'Hare?
2: Sure. Well, you know, we have um, the earnings seasons coming up here. Uh, in That's just right. a couple of weeks, it's going to really ramp up. And so uh, the topic of this week's big picture column will, will really just be, a, you know, a fourth quarter earnings preview. Um, and it's going to be a really important period because, you know, obviously with the warning we heard out of Apple, um, you know, I think investors need to be prepared to, to hear some uh, other uh, disappointing news. You know, uh, the earnings themselves. Probably better be better than expected, as is typically the case. But I think the, the guidance is, is could it be more cautious-minded, uh, given the uncertainties that uh, that have struck this market and which are out there with respect to trade, and, uh, interest rate policy, um, uh, and just a natural slowdown from. Um, uh, from last year as comparisons get a little bit tougher. So probably going to hear a little bit more cost-minded guidance, but what's going to be important is how the market reacts to that because that will tell you whether that's already been accounted for in the sell-off in December or if it's something that kind of you know reawakens a bit of that bearish spirit that took root in the fourth quarter.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for joining us, and we will look forward to another year with briefing and with your insights in the market. Thanks so much. Okay, thanks, Rob. A lot going Oh, absolutely. A lot going on right now. I start every day with page one at briefing.com. I think um, Patrick O'Hare does a really good job of making it what we're looking at. I mean, just looking at his page one today, he talks about the halo effect of Fed Chairman Powell's acknowledgement that the Fed will be patient, a fear of missing out on further gains, attention to discounted valuations. I've already talked about some of the income stocks that I'm looking at that are value-oriented. We've talked about uh, Bill Miller from uh, the King of Value Investing, saying Amazon looks like a value to him. Um, Just a lot going on. But I think briefing does a pretty good job of, of giving you information that's digestible. Samsung Electronics issued a fourth quarter profit warning that had similar linkages to the sales warning that Apple had. Samsung's well on the way to a 5G phone. Apple doesn't look like they're anywhere near a 5G phone. That's my biggest concern for Apple in 2020. That's where I'm looking at them. We also have the UK's Brexit plan. It remains a mystery. It's like Sherlock Holmes could come and figure this one out. Uh -uh. Boy, that movie was a flop over Christmas. Will Ferrell. Is he finished? Is he finished? Um, but a lot of optimism right now. Be careful. Just look at your portfolio. Look at it very robotically. Look at what you need for the 2019 to say you had a good year. Start implementing plans. Look at the big picture. Are you on the road to retirement or not? You need somewhere between 10 to 20 times your income before you can retire. That's humbling. Big seminar to teach you on income investing, retirement planning, wealth preservation. Coming up on the 24th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. You can sign up for it at Rob Show. Black Show. Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Amazon's going to start sending samples to select shoppers' homes based on their purchasing history. That's a goldmine for advertisers.
2: Jeff Bezos is watching their
1: product in your hand. So, Amazon's going to grow in the world of advertising. Do you think of them as an advertiser or just a retailer? Facebook and Google have had problems managing their advertising in the past few years. Amazon needs to be careful. There's a precarious line of giving brands information about their customers that you've got to be very careful about. Ask Facebook about getting into hot water based on giving over information to ad based businesses. It's going to be interesting. I like it though. I do like it. CES is going on consumer electronics show and I will always take a look at what's going on at CES just to see if there's something down the road that looks interesting. That may have potential to be a billion dollar business model um so pay attention to ces and you can get a lot of information on ces online and a lot of reporters share with you the best of ces consumer electronic show so i think it's a smart thing to do so sears is planning to shut down after 126 years as a business i had in my mind that sears roebuck was kind of like a wild wild west retailer when i was a kid like didn't they they give like couldn't, like, a cowboy order a horse from Sears? Probably could back in the day. That was always my assumption. So it, it feels weird that Sears is going away. J.C. Penney's changed their name to Jacques Penney, a famous French retailer, just because they didn't want to be associated with American retail. Jamie Dimon says the stock market overreacted. No recession ahead. market overreacted short-term sentiment around a whole bunch of complex issues. He says no recession ahead. In in December all I was talking about I was like chicken little. I was running around screaming the sky is falling, The sky is falling, a recession's coming. The Fed's going to push interest rates too high. People won't be able to afford new mortgages. People won't be able to afford adjustable rate mortgages. The end is near. Student loan rates will reset higher. And now we're kind of like, well, well, it's not that bad. The consumers in good shape. They're continuing to grow. They've got some backwinds with jobs and wages going up. So we could have a decent 2019 is now the narrative. In December, the narrative was, we're going to heck in a handbasket. See how fast it changes? Roku's still in the news. Yesterday, they were up 25%. I talked about Roku yesterday and how it's an interesting play on cable cord cutting because they're not just trying to be the hardware. If they were trying to be just the hardware, <laughs> We'll see where Roku goes. They're trying to put their software in TVs. And if you think about it, Apple put their mobile operating system on phones. Microsoft put their operating system on desktop computers. Could Roku do it? One analyst says no way. He sees it as uninvestable. The analyst says Apple's deal with Samsung letting customers stream content through iTunes on Samsung TVs, not that special. So yesterday, Roku up big. Today, Roku down not as big. It was up 25% yesterday, down 6% today. But <clears throat> Citron is the research house who, who pushed this note out this morning. And they're basically surprised the public, you know, by being kind of negative on the deal. So, uninvestable. Do you believe in that? Do you like that term? Do you not like that term? Do you like an analyst with an opinion? Trust me, they, competing with the blakes of Amazon with their streaming services, Netflix with their streaming services. Samsung, who builds the TVs that we all buy. It's, it's formidable. But should you take a look at it? Should you not? I find it very interesting. So I, I like to dabble in the world of interesting. Dabble, not go all in. Dabble. Trade talks are extending today. Trump sees progress. Wall Street rallies on that, but then Wall Street falls thinking, you know, this whole shutdown's not good. So if I've taught you one thing this segment, between what we saw in December, where we were like, oh no, the end is near, to January, well, we can can work with this market. We can work with this market. This is a good market to work with. There's enough there. There's enough positives that could turn from negatives to positives. Interest rates could slow. Oil could build in price. Trade talks could uh, lead to fruition. So the market's moody. Man, I'll tell you what, the thing that I hated about uh, being a younger man was how moody uh, my peers were. Whether it's a, a person you're dating and in love with, whether it's your best friend, dealing with people's mood is not an easy thing. Not an easy thing. That's just me. And I don't like dealing with the moodiness of the market. December to January, what changed? Not a darn thing. Just our perspective. 800 to get your calls on the air. Novartis is a stock that is a big pharmaceutical stock that a lot of people don't want to acknowledge, whether it be Pfizer or Merck or Novartis. Big pharmaceutical companies have a pretty good situation. The world's getting older. You should consider a big pharmaceutical company or a medical investment or a healthcare idea in your portfolio. Try to build it. Try to base it on reason, though, okay? Don't get all crazy on me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Big seminar coming up in Palo Alto. I'd love to see you there. Start the year off right. There's a lot going on this year. It's the 24th of January. It's going to be at the Elks Lodge. You can find out more. It's about retirement. It's about income. It's about Trump. It's about uh, Congress and much, much more. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Use the code radio25 to get in free